0: Ill. Bop. Bop? Mm bop. I see your bop and raise you an umbop. Oh bop. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Super Duperstitious.
1: Mm Bop Dole. Yeah. Hello. How, this is, how's everyone doing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the podcast about paranormal stuff and generally creepy things with a generally sciency twist. Starts That's spin, right. spin.
1: What what do we do? What do we do? We uh dredge up the weirdest, the wildest, and the wackiest out there in the world. That's four W's for your trouble, by the way. Four W's for your trouble. We go to (laughs) www.internet.com and we find them tales. And then we bring them to you. We enjoy the story. And then we ruin it with science. And then we just tear that thing right on down. (laughs) If we can. Yes. Okay. So... I think today you will kick it off, but I'm I'm wondering, do we do Phantom of the Chicago? We
0: actually do. I thought we'd be in luck this time. We could escape without having another update. (laughs) Without being visited by the Phantom? (laughs) Yeah, but there is another update on the Phantom of the Chicago. Oh, boy. This came out on, uh, it was reported on November 1st, Um, Mm. but it was something that happened on October 27th. Ooh. Uh, so the Phantom of the Chicago. If you're listening for the first time, uh, listen to episode two. goddammit. it! You can just find out everything about it. It's half yeah, the what episode. Do you do is jumping that. in, exactly. uh, but no, it's it's a giant flying bat creature with glowing red eyes terrorizing Chicago. You know, uh, like you do. Yeah, it's been it's just been so many sightings of this thing all throughout 2017, and they don't seem to be stopping. So this one, October 27th, comes to us from UFO Clearinghouse, um, <laughs> from uh, what's his name, uh, Ma. Um, Manuelia Postica? That's not his name. That's something for the entomologist listeners out there, I guess. <laughs> uh, his name is Manuel Navarrete. Here we go. Manuelia Postica. That's oh, a xylocopine bee, even. Look at you. My goodness gracious, solitary
1: They got bee. some nest mate recognition up in here. Let's not do the podcast And I want to read this paper. Yeah, we're going right to read now. a paper about some bees. We'll be back yeah. never. <laughs> Anyhow yeah, sorry,
0: So uh, so from uh, from UFO Clearinghouse Manuel read A couple Both 21 Got out of work At around 10pm They both parked At uh, Piotrowski Park I'm assuming It's an extremely Russian park <laughs> uh, Piotrowski Park At around 10.30 They were just Hanging out In the car the boyfriend's car When suddenly It felt like a car Hit them Oh uh, But Theirs were the only cars In the whole parking lot The boyfriend Is about to get out And investigate When something Slammed onto their hood Whoa so here's a quote from them. Okay. We looked and both screamed at the same time as we saw a huge pair of bright orange eyes peering back at us through the windshield. The thing that landed was solid black and was about the size of a man and how it looked like wings that were spread out wide. Hmm. He looked right at us and then appeared to swipe the windshield with his hand. The fingers were long, much longer than a normal person, and ended in what looked like claws. Um. End quote. Okay. Yeah. It seemed to be trying to get in and swiped at the windshield a few more times. The boyfriend pulled out a flashlight he had in the car and shined it in the thing's face. It shrieked and took flight. Uh, here's another quote. <sighs> it sounded like what the screams of multiple people in a small room would sound like. Um, so it's the first, first description of this the seems like sound
1: of the shriek. straight up horror movie tropes. It does. It sounds like a sci-fi channel on top of movie. each other, yeah. Uh,
0: it shrieked two more times but a minute apart as it presumably circled overhead before leaving. They were very uh shaken by this whole experience they didn't report it until um yeah they were just trying to figure out what happened to them the girlfriend decided to look up online to see if there's anything that could explain it they found their other reports so, reported it as per the ongoing mo of all of these
1: i feel though like if i was recounting a story like that and i had gone through that experience i wouldn't say it seemed to swipe at the window well that was me oh uh, okay jake, that wasn't a quote. god damn it jake <laughs>
0: It seemed like it was trying to get in, like it was just it was making swipes at the windshield, S- slashing at I, him. Yeah, I. Yeah. It I, seemed to also, me that it was trying to get to us.
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah, hmm, it seemed to want to get into the car, and and also, I guess the flashlight makes sense. But again, I don't know. I feel like I would just be, I don't know. Maybe I was a big wimp. Yeah, a big. I oh, think like you like honking the horn me. or <laughs> turning, yeah,
0: turning out the windshield wipers, <laughs>
1: <laughs> wipe it off, spray it with the cleaner. Seriously. But um,
0: The accounts are getting much more dramatic now.
1: They are, aren't they? Cinematic, dramatic, kind of hard to buy. (laughs) It's like the creature's getting bored of just being seen and now wants to get closer and closer. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that and yeah. So they didn't specify that the um, she talked about wings and also talked about hands. We've had multiple reports now talking about the thing having arms and legs and wings. Right, which is not a thing. Components of a body. Yeah, but like that's 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 why so many. Um, I may have mentioned this before. I can't remember if I did or not, but um. Why so many depictions of dragons and movies and stuff show them with like their forelimbs are the wings? And mm-hmm. technically, that makes them a type of dragon called a wyvern. Oh, a wyvern, yeah. or even a worm. That's true. Am I crazy? With a Y, right? Yes, exactly. Worm. Um, <laughs> how you say it? Yeah. So technically, a dragon has four legs and wings. So uh, that would make Daenerys Targaryen the mother of wyverns. Ooh. Um, Should write George R. R. Martin right now. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what I what the what they look like in the books compared to the movie. Oh, that's show, true. As far as just the depiction, but the reason I depict it that way in so many movies is because when you're trying to animate something to look anatomically plausible, you have to do it in a way that makes skeletal sense. Mm-hmm. And if you think about your own skeleton, where are you going to put another set of like you have shoulder blades, you have like a whole shoulder ball and socket joints and stuff. And then where are the wings gonna go? <laughs> where are them like, wings at? Yeah. Yeah. True. So there's been several. I mean, and you can chalk it up to like if you see something terrifying, you might your brain might do some stuff with it to make it a little bit more fanciful. True. Um, and in this particular case, they didn't specify that um what they saw had wings and arms. She described right. its wings and then described hands. And bats do have fingers. Like I mean, the it's parts, true. And they do, um, but they tend to have, like, you know, the wing itself is comprised mostly of the fingers spread out with skin in between them, and then um, they do have, like, usually a thumb or something sticking up at the top. Right. So, they don't really have, like, swiping, swipable claw finger <laughs> type things. So yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Not built it's, to swipe. Yes. So, I'm curious as to what exactly this is uh, that they could have been reporting, if
1: If it's really something that they saw. I do now wish to, if he had the wherewithal to, uh, you know, bust his flashlight out. Where's your goddamn phone? (laughs) Where is the picture? I feel like if I had the thought to grab my flashlight, I'd be like fumblingly trying to take a picture.
0: Or best case scenario, maybe think that like... You know, not everyone has an actual flashlight, but everyone who has a smartphone has a flashlight on their smartphone. That yeah, can true So enough. If you have the phone up already... Right. You know, take a picture while you're at it. Uh, you know, but know. at the same time, if you're being attacked by a wild animal, like, I mean, any wild hey. animal is cool to see. You're not going to think, oh, I should get a picture of this yeah, I might be dead grizzly in the next bear attacking two my car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let so, me document this. Yeah. So anyway, that is the most recent update on the Phantom of the Chicago. And Very nice. What an update it
1: is. I'm excited to hear more as this real phenomenon develops. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely
0: true thing that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's fun that it's continuing to unfold, but it's also a bummer how fanciful it's getting because it just seems less real as we go now. It's
1: It's true. Yeah. It's true. So, But we'll see. Maybe it'll prove us wrong. We shall.
0: So I don't remember if we have a theme
1: for this week that we decided on I a think theme. We, we mentioned we might do something to do with urban legends okay. if we could. Yeah, so I kind of went that
0: direction. And I looked I at try. something, I w- decided to follow a story that I was vaguely familiar with. Turns out okay. I knew less about it than I thought I did. All and right. it goes in a direction I didn't expect. Cool. So, all right. I'm all yours. Some weird stuff supposedly happened primarily in New York State in the early 2000s. Uh, after some, Tell me about it. After some digging around, some folks <laughs> apparently found similar accounts from long before then and compiled them. So without further comment on what they actually pertain to, uh-huh. I'm just going to recount those here. These are the older ones or the ones from 2000? These are the older ones. Okay. And um, I have a year for each one, so... Oh, great. Make okay. That, make Lay. that abundantly clear. Lay it on me. So, here's a suicide note from 1964. Ugh. It's a quote. As I prepare to take my life, I feel it necessary to assuage any guilt or pain I have introduced through this act. It is not the fault of anyone other than him. For once I awoke and felt his presence, and once I awoke and saw his form, once the guy and I awoke and heard his voice and looked into his eyes... I cannot sleep without fear of what I might next awake to experience. I cannot ever wake. Goodbye. Ugh. In the box with the note were two empty envelopes addressed to William and to Rose, uh, plus a letter with no envelope made out to Lenny. This read, Dearest Lenny, I have prayed for you. He spoke your name.
1: So that's, God. that's
0: one thing. Uh, then there's a journal entry from 1880, translated from Spanish. Okay. I have experienced the greatest terror. I have experienced the greatest terror. I have experienced the greatest terror. I see his eyes when I close mine. They are hollow, black. They saw me and pierced me. His wet hand, I will not sleep. His voice, and then the text becomes unintelligible from there.
1: Oh, God. This is so spooky.
0: (laughs) And then from a mariner's log, insert Decemberist's joke here. He came to me in my sleep. From the foot of my bed I felt a sensation. He took everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here again at the request of the rake. So, we're mm. talking about that good old internet spook, The Rake. I'd say urban legend, but that isn't so much the case nowadays. I feel like with these sorts of stories, it's more yeah. just kind of a generally memified thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, The Rake. Now, a rake is a kind of roguish person, a hellraiser. Actually, I think it's a shortened version of the word rake hell. Rake um, hell. Hmm. Which, yeah, it's just a someone who. Uh, and actually, in like um, stories and things, there is a character type called The Rake, and it's the, the kind rake. of person who who can cause a lot
1: of trouble, who's just kind of a,
0: yeah, a a 'er ne'er-do-well.
1: I see. Okay. um, Rapscallion type. Exactly. I see. Although when I think of those characters, I think more of sort of a jaunty, like charmingly roguish, you know, (laughs) you devil kind of (laughs) character, rather than this like ghoul at (laughs) death's door (laughs) kind of creature.
0: (laughs) So I do want to cover one more account. This is probably the most famous one, maybe, or it's definitely the biggest one. Uh, before I get into too much detail about the rake himself, uh, okay. here's a story from 2006.
1: All right. So we're jumping up.
0: And this is where it gets into the uh, the early 2000s, upstate New York part, when from it's supposed to take off from there. Okay. So um, a family, this is from the account of a, a woman. Uh, she said, three years ago, I just returned from a trip uh, from Niagara Falls with my family for the 4th of July. We were all, all exhausted from a long day of driving, so my husband and I put the kids to bed and called it a night. At about 4 a.m., I woke up thinking my husband had gotten up to use the bathroom. Like she thought he was up she pulled on the covers and then realized he was there um, still and she apologized for waking him up when she pulled on the covers but then he suddenly like jumped and like like pulled his legs up and looked really scared and uh, uh, turned to face me um, yes yeah, something something was wrong So she said after adjusting to the dark for half a second Yikes. I was able to see what caused the strange reaction at the foot of the bed sitting and facing away from us, There was what appeared to be a naked man or a large hairless dog of some sort. Its body position was disturbing and unnatural, as if it had been hit by a car or something. It's just really weird things sitting at the foot of the bed. In a flurry of motion, the creature scrambled around the side of the bed and then crawled quickly in a flailing sort of motion right along the bed until it was less than a foot from my husband's face. The creature was completely silent for about 30 seconds, or probably closer to 5. It just seemed like a while. Just looking at my husband... The creature then placed his hand on his knee and ran into the hallway, leading to the kids' rooms. I screamed and ran for the light switch, planning to stop him before he hurt my children. When I got to the hallway, the light from the bedroom was enough to see it crouching and hunched over about 20, uh, 20 feet away. He turned around and looked directly at me, covered in blood. I flipped the switch what? on the wall and saw my daughter, Clara. Uh, the creature ran down the stairs while my husband and I rushed to help our daughter. She was very badly injured and spoke only once more. Uh, this is, word is rated, only once more in her short life. He said, he is the rake. My husband drove his car hmm. into a lake that night while rushing our daughter to the hospital. They did not survive. What? This seems... At okay. This, yeah, so at this point, so it's starting to get kind of... The way it's written at that point, This too, is like, like yeah. some kid. Um, yeah. And actually, it's funny, because the whole first half is written really well. Yeah, I was like, oh my. It's really now scary. it's like... And then, like, uh, but then our house exploded, <laughs> and then the rake, like, punched me in the face. <laughs> Spent a while trying to get to the bottom of it and found out someone else had had a similar experience... Looking around and just found that a lot of this had been, uh, it was like, hard to find details about it. Took a blah, 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 Sanch, blah. blah, 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 blah. Uh, found out, yeah, found the previous accounts I had read. Um, and then uh, there were, however, many instances where the creature's visit was one of a series of visits with the same person. Okay. Multiple people also mentioned being spoken to, my daughter included. This led us to wonder if the rake had visited any of us before our last encounter.
1: This is the same account?
0: This is the same account. Okay. Uh, So she says, she set up a digital recorder near my bed and left it running all night, every night, for two weeks. I would tediously scan through the sounds of me rolling around in my bed each night when I woke up. After a while, she got used to, like, Cranking through it pretty fast And just listening for anything real, anomalous Real quick
1: So just to make sure I'm clear on this She's This is after all this crazy stuff happens A couple of years after Yeah So She's still just trying to
0: understand What happened who, What the thing was That had attacked her right, family so
1: maybe it had been here before And now I'm gonna see if I can't See if it visits me in the night While I'm like asleep or something From
0: previous accounts It sounds like people who had encountered it I Had encountered it multiple times And so she wondered if that was hap- had happened to her too
1: I see Okay if okay. it was
0: Maybe still coming back Gotcha So um on the first day of the third week, I thought I heard something different from all the normal nighttime sounds. Right. What I found was a shrill voice. It was Ooh. the rake. I can't listen to it long enough to even begin to transcribe it. I haven't let anyone else listen to it Yeah uh, uh, All I know is that I've heard it before, and I now believe that it spoke when it was sitting in front of my husband. I don't remember hearing anything at the time, but for some reason, the voice on the recorder immediately brings me back to that moment. The thoughts that must have gone through my daughter's head make me very upset. I've not seen the rake since he since he ruined my life, but I know that he has been in my room while I slept. I know and fear that one night I'll wake up to see him staring at me. At the end of the account.
1: Uh, okay. So
0: it starts out pretty good, then it gets kind of wonky towards the end. All of these accounts come from the I'm I'm reading it all from the creepy pasta page for the rake, uh, with each and every one of them being quoted. Um, they they're on there. They're also quoted. In the same forum post on the something awful forums mm-hmm. that the Slenderman story came from uh, initially, which is which is also just straight up was, made yeah, up. That was a writing exercise kind of thing. Right? So there's no clear. Gone fucking or, crazy. Yes, It's just like taken off. Talking about memeified stuff. It just like Yikes. the ideas. People like so much
1: hurt each other over that stuff. If I'm not mistaken. Yes,
0: yes. Some middle school kids um killed the kill a friend of they theirs. Killed a friend yeah. of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man. Uh, have you seen the documentary? It's interesting. No, not yet. It's uh, it's sad, too, as far as... I'm like there's, sure. There's it's mental tragic. health issues involved and stuff, yeah. too. Like it's a whole separate thing. But the excuse they used was that the Slender Man told them to do it. Um, Yikes. But anyway, yeah. uh, so these are Going all quoted on... Uh, so th- it's been passed around a lot of p- different places, but there's no clear original post as far as, like, where these stories came from. There's no, like... It's not like, you know, some specific, like, this woman... We can't like, mm. trace back to where she so, first like, told a uh,
1: Julia Smith. Who... Yeah, we can't. Right.
0: We can't trace this stuff back anywhere in particular. Right. So, born um, of the internet. Yeah, and the the, uh, sorry, the uh, creepy pasta wiki page also says that um, all these accounts are starting to happen in the early two thousands, and then at some point like, there was a little bit of media attention, and then suddenly like there's an apparent blackout was enacted. Little or no information was left intact. As most online and written accounts of the creature were mysteriously destroyed, and which is like you can't destroy online accounts. That's or silly. Something. That's, That's not super how the goofy. Works. Yeah, right. Haven't you guys seen the Matrix? Come on. <laughs> just kidding. But also the idea, of, like even when if there's something that people do want to remove, like if you think about like the most able body on the internet wants to make something disappear, Like say Google wants something to disappear. Right. It's going to be a lot harder to find, but it's still somewhere. Like, it's it's going to be out there. You really can't get rid of something. And the other thing too is when. People want something to go away. Everyone goes out of their way to make sure it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the moment they true. If someone's trying to pull stuff, it starts getting spread everywhere. Right. So that's just the the way the internet works. Um. So there's there no way there's a blackout of stuff. It's just that there wasn't anything before, and then it be, came into existence when someone conjured it into ex, into existence. Mm-hmm. Um. And I can't remember what year it was. There was a game camera photo. It was only. It wasn't that long ago. Where mm-hmm. someone said, Oh, we captured a picture. Oh, it's the rake in the woods. Um mm-hmm. with like it's that real it's that ghoulish looking thing with like the glowing eyes looking straight into the camera. I may have seen this.
1: Let me uh do you have it up? Is I that sh- it there? It's right here. Let me see. Ooh That picture is pretty creepy. That's creepy looking. Looks fake as hell, but Oh certainly. It's spooky looking. It's quite spooky. And so that is um see
0: so that was yeah, two thousand ten. So not that long ago. Sure. But yeah, people have just taken it from there. Yeah, it's gone on to be described as you kind of it's pale, bald, sort of hairless. Hairless. Ghoul. Yeah. It tends to have like um really long creepy claw type fingers and mm-hmm. stuff. It's just generally unpleasant looking. <laughs> and in a lot of stories, it's just sitting at the foot of people's beds. Right. So this one I thought originally that it was just like some kind of folk story being told onward. Like I didn't realize it wasn't actually that old a story. Sure. And so I was interested in the fact that like, oh, it's just something people made up recently. Right. But people do report seeing this like Real people, pour, not just like adding to the story, but saying, "Oh no, this has happened to me." Wow. Um, but that's part of. So I wonder about you know, other things that are similar to that. So similar type cases. Okay. Think of things like stories of the boogeyman. There's a sure. lot of like culturally, that's something for the most part parents invented to scare their kids into behaving. Right. But oftentimes, like like within a certain culture, there's a particular look the boogeyman may have Mm -hmm. um, and a different culture may have a different one and within that culture you know different parents all tell a similar story so it's going to look the same to anyone who describes it but across cultures that are pretty far apart there can be some pretty interesting similarities too sure one thing I think is pretty cool one of the most common and I I didn't take enough time to look for a source for this specifically but one of the more common looks for the boogeyman seems to be something pretty pretty Babadook looking as far as the um, the idea of tall dark dark, tall dark Top hat in particular. Oh, no kidding. Or at least a big hat of some kind. Right. I mean, a lot of cultures that have a big black hat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this Boogeyman, there's any kind of stories of various bedside hauntings, people waking up and seeing a, right. a shadow figure around them or you're, near them. Your succubus or yeah, incubus. Yeah, incubi, um, right. out-of-body experiences, even alien abductions all share a lot of this stuff in common yeah a lot of same themes it's almost always in the bedroom right you wake up you can't move you can't react to the thing that they're trying to get you yeah and so that all leads to a particular phenomenon that is um (laughs) no if you think about like i mean it's something i haven't personally experienced myself but there is something um i think people can relate to Think about you ever notice how after a really good night's sleep you wake up in exactly the same position you fell asleep in? Has ever happened to you? Do you ever um, sleep quite that well? I mean, for me, yeah, i like I've had maybe nights w-
1: like that where I'll be just out and then I wake up and I'm like, did if I even totally move? Totally exhausted. Yeah, like yeah. I know lay what you're down and you
0: down. Wake up. Like, oh, I'm right where I was. Like, right, right. And like, you notice the blankets haven't moved at all. Like, it's just sure. really easy to make your bed that day. It's nice. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But the reason for that happening is because uh, you fell asleep so quickly and stayed sleep so soundly. That you just dove straight through all the sleep stages in a hurry. Um, a very important part of the process is called atonia hmm. or atonia. I don't know, A T O N I A, atonia, which normally occurs during REM sleep. Uh, this is also where, when dreams typically occurs during REM sleep. Atonia is when your muscles relax and remain still. I thought atonia happened during Yom Kippur. <laughs> Atonia <laughs> is when your muscles relax and remain still, so you don't like do the curly shuffle in your sleep, you don't play around and stuff. Right. So, it doesn't always line up quite... I mean, sleep is such a strange thing, so it doesn't always happen quite in the in the order you want it to in mm-hmm. terms of, um, like, you may find that you do move around quite a bit in your sleep, or some people do sleep thrash and stuff, and uh, <laughs> other people find that they have the, like, Atonia kicks in before they reach no an of sleep. Right. And so as a result they can experience what's known as sleep paralysis. Uh-huh. So this is yeah this is the main thing this is used for an explanation for a lot of these things I described as far right. as um and it's easy to just dismiss stuff as oh well you just had sleep paralysis but it can account for so many different types of experiences whether it be seeing a ghost at the end of your bed or seeing this weird creature sitting at the end of your bed right. and then once you've heard the idea of the rake then, yeah, you're the all priming primed kicks up. in, yeah. and so you may have that happen. It's basically, Woo, basically what happens during sleep paralysis, and again, I haven't experienced it myself, but this is the most common kind of account. Um, mm-hmm. You're essentially dreaming while you seem to also kind of be, you can kind of perceive your surroundings, too.
1: Your eyes are open, but your brain's it's kind of in trip mode a little bit. It can be a
0: waking nightmare. Right. It's not always a bad dream. It can just be weird stuff, or it can be pretty um, benign and it all depends on what your brain is doing at the time. So there's, I mean, the uh, the story of succubi and incubi, like these demons that have sex with you in your sleep, those go back centuries and centuries. It's true, it's true. And if you think about it, I mean, it's pretty common to, like, sexual arousal happens in your sleep, whether you want it to or <laughs> oh, not. That's yeah. just <laughs> That can totally happen to anybody. And so if you're not fully asleep, having this whole sleep process thing right. happen to you, then your experience may take a more sexual turn, or just, I mean, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it could take direction. Your yeah, dreams any, go any
1: angle, right? Exactly.
0: So just seeing things is part of it, but also feeling things too. So a a very common uh, feeling is being able to uh, unable to move, but also right. being um, feeling like a weight on your chest or right. feeling kind of strangled, feeling unable to breathe. And people often also describe feeling something on top of them. So mm-hmm. either like so that's how you get the idea of. Like like things having sex with them, but also the idea of like people imagining see, seeing demons and gremlin-type sure. things sitting on their chest or right. like some kind of dark figure actually strangling them. All these terrible things happening all right. as just symptoms of sleep paralysis. Uh, there have been a number of different tests on trying to understand more about it, but that's, that's the usual way it seems to go, which sure. sounds terrible. So, I mean, for whomever that happens to, it sounds... I mean, like I no feel fun. for him. It sounds yeah, awful. Right. Exactly. But at the same time, I don't believe that it's an actual, like, ghoul. ghoul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ghoul coming into <laughs> your house every night, sitting on your
1: bed, Which, and just kind of hanging out. You know, ultimately, thank freaking God. Yes. Because <laughs> if that was somehow real, forget I'd about it. Not be into
0: it, yeah. Um. And that was something that I remember when I first learned about the rig. I was like, oh, that's really creepy. Like, I, I mean, you always, when you hear about any kind of creepy story, wondering, okay, is this a cryptid? Is this a... um? Like, some kind of spooky story? Is this a folk tale? Like, where mm-hmm. does it come from? Because th- you have varying la- layers of how real might it be. With a cryptid, like, oh, it might be a real animal someplace out there. Right. With, like, you know, some kind of urban legend like we're going for today. Like, it's, it may be based in some kind of fact and then kind of been spun from there. Sure. In this case, it was based on kind of a combination of things it's based mostly on just a story someone told mm-hmm. but then the proliferation from there is a how creepy it was and b how possible it is for someone to experience that exact thing mm-hmm. just based on naturally occurring phenomena and then like folk tales can be even more like, pronounced because uh, or exaggerated because they're something they've been around for so long there's so much more time for the story to be elaborated upon and stuff. right
1: true and then what do you make of the accounts from like you know the mid-century if you will all yeah all the fabrications
0: same deal with those as far as like you can't find the original post for that woman from 2006 there's no no like no traceable evidence of where those documents came from they're all supposed to be like physical documents like a a physical suicide Mm -hmm. note Mm -hmm. physical like yeah something translated from spanish like some mariner's log actual (laughs) primary documents if we're going to talk about historical Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um uh sources so none of those can be traced down uh, tracked down anywhere so presumably they don't exist and the kind of level of creepiness as far as you think about it, especially with like the, the spanish translation thing where right it ends and just
1: kind of it's so trailing off. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking it's kind goofy. of like we cannot
0: get out we cannot get out yeah like they are coming
1: yeah exactly silly
0: it's silly it's silly but it's fun it's it fun. is fun it's, no absolutely it's the kind of it's a cool creepy story absolutely drew and so I was yeah I was disappointed when I was researching it and found that it mostly just shows up on creepy pasta things like oh it's is it not real is it, I mean obviously like, all this stuff I mean, we don't be... know if stuff is real is it yeah is it not real like is it not believed to be real from the get-go is it something that people are Right is this is all just
1: a joke and a wink to is this like a straight up campfire tale, or is this actually something that people have experienced in right. some and way shape or form right. yeah exactly,
0: so right. uh that's our old boy the uh the rake
1: the rake very cool, that was like super spooky. My stories will be nowhere near as spooky. I don't even really have stories for you today i've got why are we brief, even here? I got a brief story for you, <laughs> followed by <laughs> lots. Of maybe science stuff. <laughs>
0: well, hey, that's part of the part of the deal here. That's right. I'm going to counterbalance. What did we say our tagline is? We're the podcast that does stuff and it's creepy and also is science and spooky. That's, I think that's, that's exactly... How we, think
1: yeah. yeah, that's what we pay the publisher for. So.
0: <laughs> Why? It's going to tell us a terrible story now. <laughs> yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> yeah, feel free to tease off however you want. Right, so my side of the coin tonight will be... Less spooky, but still kind of fun. This is one of, um, or was for a while, one of my more enjoyed sort of American legends, if you will. And remains kind of an interesting, um, you know, rides the crossroads between, is it actually a creature? Or is it just a big old story that a lot of people happen to tell each other?
0: That's a fun combo. Yep. And so what we got here, I'll just tell one you of wanna the... Just, if you want to just keep slapping the mic around while you're talking to me, yeah, perfect.
1: Yeah. The first time. <laughs> um, so we can take it back to 1977. This is one of the better reported on and uh, sort of canonized uh, or cannibalized? Canonized. No, not canalized. cannibalized. Cannibalized? <laughs> cannibalized stories uh, from Lawndale, Illinois, mm-hmm. where 10 year old Marlon was playing outside of his family home along open fields near Kickapoo Creek. As two giant birds pass overhead, one suddenly swoops down to grab him. The creature flies him a few feet before dropping him, apparently because his frightened mother screams and chases after the bird. The two birds then flew away. bird's like, this is too much trouble. Yeah, you know what? Screaming woman, we're out of (laughs) here. But this incident apparently occurred in front of seven witnesses and everyone described exactly the same thing. They all described large birds with white rings around their neck, Um, the rest of the body being very black. Bird's bill was six inches in length and hooked at the end. At first, I thought you were describing Daffy Duck. (laughs) (laughs) He told us a bunch of dumb jokes and then ran away. The claws on the feet were arranged with three front and one in the back. Standard bird stuff. Each wing, less the body, was four feet. What the hell does that mean? like, subtracting the body. Oh, thank you. Four feet at the very least, and the entire length of the bird's body from beak to tail feather was approximately four and a half feet.
0: Hmm.
1: This is in uh, Illinois, you said? In Illinois, right. Back in
0: 1977.
1: It's the Phantom of the Night- It's the Phantom <laughs> of the Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so keep there is some overlap. That. As I was doing um, <laughs> my readings for this, <laughs> I was very much thinking about that as well. <laughs> um, so... These legends, though... Oh, yeah. One second. Some refreshments. I already had some of that one. little sploosh. Okay. We'll keep this in, right? <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> so, legends of very large, apparently predatory or otherwise raptorial birds have been featured in American tales and eyewitness accounts since the 1800s. Mm. And the name applied to these birds often is the thunderbird. Oh shit. Which is itself drawn from the folklore and legends of many indigenous peoples um who tell the tale of birds so large their wings bring thunder as they fly. Cool. So these stories though often veer from sort of one end of a spectrum to another between thunderbirds being sort of your more deified being. Yeah. Uh, sort of more of a metaphysical experience for the character in the tale. Two very, very physical, tangible entities that, um, as a person, you should be mindful of possibly running into in your life. Which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, not to get too, like, armchair anthropological about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, so there's there's quite a long history of these stories, basically. So purported photos of Thunderbirds are uniformly panned so far. Um, But despite that, uh, sightings have continued across the country to this day. Um, There was even a rash of sightings last year um, Mm. in the Pennsylvania area of people. And again, the, the reports are almost always the same. Witnesses are very confident in having seen a massive bird but they're unable to clearly identify it and are always pretty shaken by its huge size. And in most cases, the bird just like flies down, lands in a tree somewhere or is flying overhead. You know, typical bird stuff, basically. You know, birds being birds. Birds being birds. I mean, it's never something crazy like, uh, the bird landed on our car and swiped at the windshield <laughs> and I fumbled for my flashlight. Um you know, it's just they happen to be going along and they're like, holy crap, this is a huge bird. I have to tell someone about this. And so what could it be? I happen to agree with many skeptics who chalk it up to the the story that I told you all above, as well as many of the other kind of like famous tales um, to a bunch of malarkey. People just telling stories yeah. in a lot of cases. That said... Humans have lived along extremely large birds of prey, both in recent and distant past. So, assuming it's a critter, we have a few routes that we can take. Mm. So, from the prehistoric angle, we have Teratorns. Teratorns? Teratorns. This is a group of extinct birds, and hilariously, that basically translates to monster birds. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, they were very large birds of prey that lived in North and South America as recently as the late Pleistocene. So some of these would have gone extinct just within the last 10 or 11,000 years, Mm. um, which is basically yesterday in geologic time. Sure. This Um, is kind of a Mapinguari situation where there could be overlap with
0: indigenous people living here.
1: Very much so, absolutely. And so I've got two examples. One is the more impressive one, though this... uh, taxon went out probably closer to six or eight million years ago rather than a couple thousand a couple thousand tens of thousands um but it is argentavis magnificens mm. or the magnificent silver bird um conservative estimates put its wingspan at six meters or about 20 oh. feet and up and may have been as large as eight meters or about 26 feet from wingtip to wingtip which is incredible yeah and it was estimated to have been around 80 kilograms or for us pound types 180 pounds wow so i mean that's, that's a huge bird that's like a 6 foot man basically in weight and yet they absolutely could fly by all accounts from like fossil record hmm. and were just massive the more recent genus was teratornus which went extinct around 11 or 12,000 years ago um, and many, many fossils have been found, uh, representative of more than 100 individuals. And these range from sites in California, Oregon... Or, Oregon? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Oregon, no. <laughs> uh, Nevada, Arizona, and even Florida, which I thought was kind of cool that they're distributed across North America, um, even in the fossil record. They were more svelte in some ways. Their wingspans, um, I wrote to myself, were... Merely eleven to twelve feet. <laughs> <laughs> um and they stood only about seventy five centimeters or about two and a half feet tall. Hmm. But That's there still remains a huge bird. Still a massive bird, absolutely.
0: What um do you happen to know off the top of your head how big like California condors are?
1: I think man, I should have looked that up. Did they yeah, we can Google that now. Okay. I believe they're not that much smaller though. Uh, plus uh, overall length and range from uh, 109 to
0: 140 centimeters, 43 to 55 inches, and wingspan from 2.49 to
1: 3 meters, so 8.2 to 9.8 feet. That's a big bird. That's a big old bird, absolutely. So some of these Territorns were not very different from Condors in, in some ways. Obviously, the Argentavis was massive, but these guys lived alongside us. I mean in some ways they still do you could say. Do we know what they ate? Um in many cases it was hypothesized that they would be like uh you know akin to vultures if you will. Okay so just generally uh scavengers. Generally scavengers but capable of taking prey as well and okay. I guess the beak shape actually suggests they did have more predatory behavior than um condors or vultures for instance and we're likely able to gulp down something like a small rabbit with relative ease. That said, these teratorns don't exactly sound like the size of a bird that would swoop in and grab a child, let's yeah. say, right? Maybe the Sergeant Tavis guy, but they cash their check, you know, pretty well before Illinois was a thing. <laughs> so, we still have exceedingly large birds of prey living today. For instance, the Philippine eagle, which I had not read about until reading about things for this. It's also known as the monkey-eating eagle. Ooh. Um, they don't live in North America, though. <laughs> they measure up to 102 centimeters in length and can weigh as much as almost 18 pounds, which is massive for an eagle. They're... Not the heaviest. I think um Stellar's Sea Eagle and the uh Harpy Eagle? Harpy Eagle, thank you. Yes. Those two are stockier. Hmm. They're a little chunkier. But Which,
0: especially for the Harpy Eagle it makes sense because it's it's you know, navigating through trees and stuff, so it needs to be more more maneuverable,
1: less like soaring and stuff. True enough. Um and I I'm not sure exactly I think these guys do some of that as well, but they, yeah, suffice it to say, they're not quite as, as beefy. That said, they have the greatest wing surface area of the extant eagles. Mm. So they have a span of up to 7.3 feet, which is not cr- incredible, but they have a cord length of 2 feet. So uh, cord length refers to the distance between the leading and trailing edges of any aerofoil. So if you were imagining oh, okay. a airplane wing, it's slightly curved um, and if you were to draw a sort of imaginary line from the front tip to the back tip that would be the cord length of the wing itself so a two foot cord length for a wing of seven feet long is big pretty wing. big right so very broad wings and finally there's
0: I imagine those wings could create like a sort of a thunder effect a
1: thunderous noise indeed um, finally, there is the Host's Eagle um, Harpegnornis bore, Uh, which I, as I was reading, they're going to change the genus, something taxonomic happened, and they were like, oh mm. crap, this needs to be in a different pool, but who cares? <laughs> People are like, tell us more about the taxonomy. We'll do a whole update episode. I want to hear that. about the genus being changed. Um, which went extinct around the year 1400. Oh, wow. We're talking current era. Yeah. These guys lived in New Zealand and that sort of island range area. Okay. uh, And was thought to have been the feature of Maori legends about uh, Puakai. I'm maybe mispronouncing this, Puakai, Uh, which was a monstrous bird with the ability to occasionally kill and eat humans. Hmm. Um, That's cool. Very much so, I thought. And so Haas Eagle is considered the largest eagle to have ever existed, which I thought was really cool too, yeah. especially that they just went out like... A few hundred years ago. A few ago. hundred years ago. So individuals reached a length of about four and a half feet, which I thought was cool, mm-hmm. and could be as much as 33 pounds in weight, which is titanic for a bird. Yeah. I mean, nothing like this Argentavis guy I talked about before, but sure. whatever. And... uh Though they had a relatively shorter wingspan for their size. Uh, I guess it was only about 8 or 10 feet. But, I mean, still, for a bird of that size, it's huge. And they needed that to be a little more maneuverable. And uh, they preyed mainly on flightless moa, which are also now extinct. But, uh, yeah, if you don't know what a moa bird is, it's another bird. (laughs) And uh, it's very akin to an ostrich, I suppose. That's a fair thing to imagine. They were a little shaggier, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. but uh, And smaller, too. They're not quite ostrich-sized, but that sort of uh, gallimimus-shaped bird. And so these eagles would prey on those and attacked at speeds of up to 80 kilometers an hour, Whoa. which I thought was amazing. And a factoid I loved very much about this was that the bodily striking force would have been equivalent to a concrete block falling from the top of an eight-story building. <laughs> wow. Which I was like, damn, that is amazing. <laughs> as soon as you said the speed, I was thinking, well, is that heavy? Is
0: going that fast? Yeah, exactly,
1: right? It's amazing, so... It just explodes <laughs> its prey on impact. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the MOA went extinct because they got exploded by <laughs> eagle attacks. <laughs> um. So... You know these these all have sort of components of what people have reported to be the Thunderbird, but yeah, I mean, they're basically as I said before, all pictures that have been taken have been basically debunked. You see some of the old fat here. I'll show you. We could put these up there too, I suppose. Sure, they're kind of comical.
0: Now the it's mostly a. um... That's
1: just straight up pterosaur right there. Oh wow! Oh wow! (laughs) It looks kind of convincing.
0: That's kind of fun. So huh. Now is the picture doctored or did they make something fake
1: for um to pose with? I do believe the picture is doctored. Okay. And then let me see. There is one I
0: think you're probably gonna show me that I know I've seen.
1: Have you seen this one? No. Again, very oh. pterosaurish. Yeah. This is also doctored though. Huh. They're they're convincing looking.
0: Yeah, they are. That's cool. Um It's all trussed up like that.
1: And um, now
0: specifically, so you're talking about all the different cool birds around the world and stuff, but the thunderbird is is a distinctly North American. Very thing, much so, yeah.
1: absolutely. I I guess I went around the world, as it were, to look for any species that could fit the role. Okay, that makes sense. As um, far as you know, what, what what real creatures, yeah, could is there that something be? out there that could be in that category? And I mean, the Host eagle makes the best case as far as recent birds. Sure. And, and further, the fact that it, would be, that it would feature in Maori Legends in a similar kind of role as has been featured in um, First People's Tales yeah. as well, I thought was kind of cool. But as far as North American taxa that could fit that role, I mean, the Condor is as close as I think you could get. Or someone who's just never seen a Golden Eagle Never seen a bald eagle. Yeah, those are large birds. They are so, I
0: mean—they're always deceptively big. You see pictures of them all the time, and then you finally see one in real life and think, "Oh man, that thing is gigantic!" Right? Exactly. And then, especially like you know, bald eagles—like they make also extremely gigantic nests so that just keep getting bigger throughout True. their lives, and uh, they can carry a lot of weight. So it's you know weird. You know, there's one my hometown. There's actually a hmm. nesting pair that's been there for the better part of a decade now. And they, um, oh, that's so cool. And they keep building up a nest every year. And so sometimes you'll see one flying pretty low over the road as it's going up towards toward its nest, carrying this huge tree branch. <laughs> you see, right. So you see something carrying something that big and think, oh, that bird. Like, even that if you saw how big giant. it was, then in your head, after you think about how big the thing was it was carrying, you can imagine it being a lot bigger.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I got.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please like it. Please like it. Yeah, that's uh, the picture I was talking about. That one right there. On the oh, back. this one here. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our. Uh, I mean, well, there's definitely plenty more fodder for the uh, the urban legend uh, thing. That oh, we'll take the fodder. vein. Yeah, yeah, there, definitely it fun is... to explore those. And uh, this is our first uh, first foray into that. I think I used it's the true. word foray in the last episode. Uh, <laughs> four
1: ways, four, four ways left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Forays left and right. <laughs> 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 Is that the episode name now? <laughs> <laughs> that one won't fit.
0: <laughs> no have any idea what the hell it's about. Yeah. Who right. cares? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening. Thank um, you very much for listening. Do feel free to uh like us on Facebook, follow us on any of the different various podcast uh dissemination places that there are. Yes. Leave a nice <laughs> review and um and, and stuff uh, on iTunes. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Exactly. Tell your tell your frenemies. Yeah, especially them. They won't know if it's like you're trying to get them into something sure. cool, Show or your you're trying to make them like something that you don't actually think is cool, so yeah. that they look stupid. Like whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. Play it however you need to. Yes, but make everyone like us, please. <laughs> oh God. Make and it make it
1: more desperate, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be doing this again next week. So <laughs> talk to you then. Yes, indeed. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.